have an outline on the table in front of you, and we're in Genesis. Um, we're actually in chapter 27. I'll briefly go back over the headings of what we covered last time, but uh, we'll start at verse 18 today in chapter 27 in just a moment. So let's bow together for prayer, and then we'll begin. Father, thank you for this good day that you have given to us. We really love fellowshipping with one another. You, you grace us and bless us so much in allowing us to have Christian fellowship, fellowship in this building each Wednesday. Thank you for the gracious and sweet people in this room. And I pray your blessing upon each one of them and their families. I pray, Father, that you will use the food to strengthen and nourish our bodies. And we thank you for the delicious food that you have allowed us to partake of today. As we study Genesis, speak to our hearts. We desire more than just a head knowledge. We desire a heart knowledge. So whatever it is that you want to say to us from these verses today, I pray that our hearts will be open and receptive. We love you. We adore you. We thank you and pray for your blessing now in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Uh, what I did just to, uh, you see that heading today, family divided, stolen blessing. And chapter 26, verse 34 through 2740. So I went back and just uh, wrote down the three that we had covered last time, the three areas that we covered last time. And one is the sin and rebellion of Esau in that one lonely verse right at the end of chapter 26, where Esau uh, took for himself two wives from among the Hittites. And what a blessing they were to the family. No, they weren't. Uh, they were a source of uh, pain for the family. In fact, the verse uh, the verse says they were a thirty five says they were a source of grief to Isaac and Rebekah. That really should have been thirty four and thirty five. So Isaac and Rebekah, Esau's parents, really had a difficult time with those Hittite wives. Of, of their son. Then we look at the first four verses of chapter 27, Esau plots. You'll remember that Esau, it appears, as we read here, is determined somehow, even though he knows better, somehow that the blessing is going to go to Esau rather than, than to Jacob. He can't see any longer. Uh, or just blurry, very blurry, uh, difficulty hearing, and so uh, he appears that he's pretty well an invalid, and so the family attends to him, and he is asking Esau, his eldest, who is the hunter, to go out and to kill some game and to cook it and to bring it to him, and then he says, I may give you my blessing before I die. Now, the only way I know to interpret that, where he says, I will give you my blessing before I die, is this is the blessing that I intend to give to you, even though I know what God has said. But uh, the earlier verses where it says um, that Rebekah loved Jacob and Isaac loved Esau, that's nowhere clearer than right here. Uh, Isaac's still struggling with that, isn't he? So, and then we go to verses 5 through 17, 
And uh, Rebekah heard what Isaac said to Esau. And so she, loving Jacob, counters with a plot and a plan to make sure that the blessing goes to Jacob and not to Esau. Now, the good thing about this in regard to um, Rebecca is that she really believes the promise of God. She believes that her favorite son, Jacob, is the heir of the promise, the one through whom the world will be blessed. So we can say of Rebecca that her theology was correct. Her methodology, however, is suspect. Because she believes if she doesn't help God, that this whole thing is going to get messed up. So she is going to just very gladly and happily assist God to make sure that the blessing goes to the right child. As if God might get confused at the last minute and not do the right thing. So that brings us to where we are today. And that's chapter uh, 27, verse 18. Do we have... Uh, Elizabeth McLean, I just saw you. Welcome. This is Elizabeth's first time with us today. Are there any other first-timers here today? I didn't want to miss that. Anybody else here for the first time? Okay. We always greet our first-timers, and I, I wanted to do that. All right. 2718, here we go. He, that's Jacob, the, the plot's done. Rebecca does the cooking. She gets it all ready. And he, that is Jacob, went to his father and said, My father. Yes, my son, he answered. Now notice this. Who is it? He's not certain which child this is speaking to him. Jacob said to his father, Now watch this. I am Esau. All right, line number one. I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. Isaac asked his son, how did you find it so quickly, my son? I mean, you went out, you hunted, you, you field dressed it, you got whatever it is, you know, here it is, it's already cooked and ready. This is amazing. How did you find it so quickly, my son? Now watch Jacob's answer, because he involves God in the deceit. The Lord your God gave me success, he replied. This became a little more grave at this point. Okay, verse 21, then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near so I can touch you, my son, to know whether you really are my son Esau or not. See, the, the, the old man's having some struggles here. And Jacob went close to his father, Isaac, who touched him and said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. You know, because they had put the fur on his, on his hands. So he'd feel like Esau. You know, you can say... For Rebecca, she knew her husband. And she knew that he would end up getting the finger touch, the, the, the taint of the finger proof that this really is Esau. He did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brother, Esau. 
So he proceeded to bless him. Now notice again. Are you really my son Esau? His ears are telling him something else. And maybe, just maybe, his heart is telling him something else. I am, Jacob replied, and there's lied again. Then he said, my son, bring me some of your game to eat so that I may give you my blessing. Jacob brought it to him and he ate and he brought some wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here, my son, and kiss me. So he went to him and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. Now here is the final part of the blessing. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers, and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed, and those who bless you be blessed. You notice that part? May the sons of your mother bow down to you. You know who he's thinking about? Jacob is going to bow down to you, because he thinks he's talking to Esau. So, um, I think that clarifies the point earlier where we're saying, what was Isaac thinking in verses 1 through 4? He was thinking what is now verbalized. In spite of what God has said, I'm going to pronounce, I want to pronounce the blessing on Esau. You know, one of the things about the scripture, and we find this to be true both in the Old and the New Testament. We see the great heroes of our faith, not sugar-coated, but just like they really are. Now, I don't know what that does to you. That gives me hope. That gives me encouragement. I know my flaws, and I know my sinful nature. And so if God is willing to take a, an Isaac with what he just did, and bless him and use him. If God will take David, of whom the scripture says he's a man after God's own heart, and we know what David did, and yet God blessed him. If God will take a Peter, who cursed three times and said, I don't even know him. If he will take Peter and use him and bless him, then there's hope for us, isn't there? God will use and bless us. The thing we have to remember is God sees the heart. I th I've thought about that often with David because as I read the scriptures about David and try to ra humanly rationalize certain things in my mind, and I think about David and the sin with Bathsheba and the killing of her husband and other things that David did along the way, and yet... Over and over again, the Bible expresses God's love for David and, and does call him a man after God's own heart. Uh, I have to realize you and I can see the outward. We can't see the heart. God sees the heart. So in spite of the flaws and the sinfulness of David and Isaac and Abraham and Jacob and all the rest of them, God sees the heart. And 
that's man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. We gotta, we've got to remember that. So remember, God's looking uh, at, at your heart and mine also. Okay, so um, let's let's stop there for a moment and talk a, a little bit more about this. When I've called this, Jacob Jacob deceives. Um, he lies not once, not twice, but three times to his father. Now you don't have to raise your hand. Did you ever lie to your father? I'll take that as a yes. <laughs> I don't know how you felt about it. Um, if your dad was like mine, you were absolutely out of your mind to do that. But Jacob lies three times within a matter of moments to his father. First of all, he says, I am Esau. He's not. He's Jacob. But he says, I am Esau. And then he gave God credit for the swiftness of the hunt. In other words, he makes God an accomplice in this whole thing. Uh, I think I told you one time about the man, and, and I've had things like this. You know, when you've been in the ministry, as long as I've been in the ministry, you've heard and seen a whole lot. And I still remember the man who came and sat in my office here at the church and, and said to me, God has told me to leave my wife and marry another woman. And he named her. I mean, he was as serious as a heart attack. He meant it. And I said, someone may have told you to leave your wife and marry another woman, but I guarantee you it wasn't God. Well, that wasn't the answer he wanted to hear. I mean, it was it was not a pleasant conversation. Because then he wanted to shift immediately into telling me that I didn't really know what kind of woman his wife was. And, oh, uh, I don't want to hear that. So, but you know, when a man's got his mind, or a person has got his or her mind made up, it's pretty hard. I can't change it. I can't change it. God, God's the only one that can do that. The Holy Spirit. Um, anyway, that, here, uh, Jacob is bringing God into this thing. God gave me favor and helped the hunt to be quick. And then again, the third lie, are you really my son Esau? And yes, I am. Uh, he feeds his father. It works. I mean, it accomplishes what he hoped it would. And so Isaac blesses Jacob, thinking he's blessing Esau. Now, the blessing is poetic, and it has four stanzas. Uh, the first stanza is the latter part of verse 27. All the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. So again, Esau, the one he thought was Esau, had been close enough to him to smell his clothes. He could smell the field. And so he assumed, yes, this indeed is Esau. And so he includes that in the poem. Then in verse 28, the second stanza, May God give you heaven's dew and earth's richness and abundance of grain and new wine. Dew in ancient times and in scripture was seen as a symbol of God's favor in a dry land. So this was symbolically speaking his way of Asking God to show his favor to Esau. 
thinking it was Esau. Then the third stanza is the first part of verse 29. May nations serve you and peoples bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mothers bow down to you. And then the last stanza is the latter part of the 29th verse. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. So um, if it weren't for the circumstances, we would look at that and say, that is beautiful. But we know the deceit that's involved and it takes the edge off of the beauty of the, uh, of the blessing. But it is the final blessing in, in which he invokes God's words to Abraham. If you go back to the 12th chapter, verses 2 and 3, you find the same words that Isaac uses here. I will make you, God said to Abraham, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So we find uh, Jacob's deception, Jacob deceives. And then we come to verse 30 and through 40 we find Esau's defeat. So we're going to read that. I mean this, this passage well, uh, you know, if if it doesn't move you at least a little bit, you know, maybe you're made out of stone. I mean, this this tears at your heart, and yet don't be too um, sympathetic toward Esau. He's not a sympathetic character at all. Now, I admit, when many times when I read this, I kind of lean in that direction, think, "Oh, poor Esau," but. Now, there's no, there's no oh poor Esau. He got basically what he deserved. But you can't help but just feel something when you see what happens next. So here it is, verse 30. After Isaac finished blessing, blessing him and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence, his brother Esau came in from hunting. He too prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father and he said to him, my father, please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may give me your blessing. And I'm just thinking at that moment must have been one of the happiest moments in all of Esau's life. He thinks he's about to get the blessing. He's done what his dad told him to do. He's brought the game and he is probably just thrilled beyond words. But what happens next is like a dagger to the heart. His father Isaac asked him, who are you? I'm your son, he answered, your firstborn, Esau. Isaac trembled violently. The old man is shaking and said, who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it just before you came and I blessed him and indeed he will be blessed. In that sentence, Isaac is saying there is no withdrawing the blessing and shifting it to you. It has been done. When Esau heard his father's words, he burst out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me too, my father. Can you just picture it? I mean, it's immediately he burst out. I mean, he didn't have to go off and think about it. He just immediately, his whole world just came tumbling down around him. All the hopes and excitement that he had had have been dashed. But he said, your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. Now, Isaac 
want you to think about what you just said. And I know at this moment, Isaac means it. But it was never to be Esau's blessing. It was to be Jacob's blessing. And so Esau's not correct when he says he took your blessing. But he could say he took the blessing that I intended to give to you, although I know it was supposed to have gone to your brother. So Esau said, isn't he rightly named Jacob? What does Jacob mean? Heel grabber. Or some say deceiver. This is the second time he has taken advantage of me. He took my birthright and now he's taking my blessing. Wait a minute, Esau. You certainly have a one-sided view of this whole thing. Jacob didn't take what Esau wasn't happy to give him. Remember? Remember when he exchanged it for the for the for the stew? He's very, what good will the birthright do me if I die? He wasn't about to die, but he's so hungry and his stomach is ruling his thoughts. And he says, I, I, man, I don't care. Give me the stew. I don't care about my birthright. Well, now he's turning around and saying, Jacob stole it from me. Jacob didn't steal it. You gave it to him because you don't value the sacred. He saw. Now, Jacob shouldn't have been a deceiver. We all know that. But what you can say about Jacob is he saw the value of the sacred. He saw the value of the sacred. So Esau then asked his father, the last part of verse 36, haven't you reserved any blessing for me? Isaac answered Esau, I have made him, still referring to Jacob, I have made him Lord over you. And have made all his relatives his servants. And I have sustained him with grain and new wine. So what can I possibly do for you, my son? The dagger is being twisted now. I mean, it's already in his heart. Now it's being twisted. Esau says to his father, do you have only one blessing, my father? Bless me too, my father. Then Esau wept aloud. His father Isaac answered him, Your dwelling will be away from the earth's richness, away from the dew of heaven above. You will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. Now here's the blessing, if you want to call it that. But when you grow restless, you will throw his yoke from off your neck. Ultimately, we'll see what that means. So that that takes us through verse 40. Now, if your heart's feeling heavy for Esau, that's okay. But don't stay there. Don't dwell there. This is an earthquake for, for Isaac. I mean, he literally, he's shaking violently in his bed. Now, if, you, if you're feeling sorry for Esau, hang on, let, let me just read. I'm going to read a couple of passages. One right now from Hebrews 11.20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. So the scripture does consider what Isaac just said as a kind of blessing for Esau. Isaac's faith 
what the, that speaks of in this passage, Isaac's faith was when he knew the truth and reaffirmed Jacob and thus God's plan. So there's the faith of Isaac in this situation. He realizes what has happened. He realizes what he has done. And instead of trying to undo what really cannot be undone, Isaac affirms it knowing this this is God's plan has been from the beginning. And maybe in his mind he's thinking, what was I thinking? But, but this is right. Jacob is the child of promise. And he affirms that. Now, um, Esau's lament tears at our hearts. It's gut-wrenching. But the responsibility for all of this is Esau's. Um, we, we already discussed his willingness to give away his birthright for, the, for some stew. That stew might have been awfully good, but the effect of that stew is gone in a few hours. And so you trade your birthright for a meal. There's no meal under heaven that's worth that. Now, Hebrews is a great commentary on much of the Old Testament. And in chapter 2, as we've been referring there, I'm sure you've caught that every week. It seems like we're hopping over to Hebrews to read some verses. Hebrews 12, verse 15 through 17, the writer of Hebrews says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau. So let that temper your compassion for Esau. Who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. Now, the blessing of Esau, um, we read here, his destiny is not dew and not fatness fatness of the, of the land, of the cattle, and so forth. His blessing is to be away. Time will come when you will be away from Jacob. That's your blessing. Someday you'll shake off the yoke and you won't have to put up with him any longer. So that's your blessing. Talk about a poor second place finish. That's pretty sad. That's pretty sad. Now, I guess there's a sense, humanly speaking, in which you could say there are no winners here in terms of winners and losers. You know, we as Americans, we love winners and losers. We like, that's why we're passionate about our sports, winning and losing. Isaac fought God's word. Rebecca thought God needed her help and disregarded his word. And her favorite son had to go away, as we're going to read probably next time, to Mesopotamia. And he's going to be gone for 20 years. And as best we can tell from the scripture, she never saw him again. Mom's part in 
and helping her son deceive carried with it an enormous price tag. Esau had the misery of seeing his brother get a blessing that he wanted to be his. And Isaac had thrown a torch into his family's tent by fighting God's word. I mean, he might as well have poured kerosene on the floor and tossed a, tossed a match in there. That was a bad decision. Esau lost everything and Jacob got uprooted for 20 years. Through it all, God keeps his word. God always keeps his word. Remember, we've talked about this almost every week. Remember, in days that are difficult, God's going to keep every promise that he's made in his word. Every single one of them. Including the promise, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Now in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 through 13, Paul writes, Here's a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. For he cannot disown himself. So even when we are unfaithful, God is faithful. To what? To his word. Always. Now, next time, we're going to climb Jacob's ladder. Anybody ever sung that old song, Climbing Jacob's Ladder? Do you remember that? Uh, man, that's been a long time. I've talked to Gary about that. But uh, Climbing Jacob's Ladder. So here's what we're going to see next week. We're going to see an angry Esau. That shouldn't surprise us. He's angry. We're going to see a frightened and exasperated Rebecca. Frightened and exasperated Rebecca. And then following that, we're going to see Jacob's dream. It's where the climbing Jacob's ladder comes in. So all of that is next week. It, I think it's even more exciting. Um, I, I mean, I've already tipped you off as to what's about to happen to Jacob. I know you already knew it, but he's, he's going to have to leave. Because Esau is angry, and what is it Esau wants to do? He wants to kill him. Now, he's going to wait, he says, until his father's dead. But once his father's dead, and that looks like it's pretty close, once his father's dead, he says, I, I'm going to kill him. How many of you think he meant it? <laughs> I do. I definitely think he meant it. So that's where we'll pick up next time. Thank you so much for being here. I love teaching the book of Genesis with you, and I know you enjoyed that meal. I never did see that dessert get here. Oh, it is here? Okay, awesome. Well, if you didn't get dessert, um, I'm surprised that you didn't get up right in the middle of my teaching and go get it. But Okay, you're sweet. So get your dessert before you leave. Let's pray, and we'll see you next time. Father, thank you for... The joy of studying your word. Thank you that you are a faithful God. Thank you that you keep every promise you make to us. 
We love you and adore you. Keep us safe on the wet streets as we leave this place. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.